So we just heard a story about an angel appearing in someone's uh, day, and um, and um, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, how do you think that would work for you? Can you imagine what it would be like if an angel actually showed up in the middle of your day? You know what 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 would it be like? You know this is this is Christmas, um, and we're going or we're heading toward Christmas, and we're actually starting a new conversation today. We're gonna we're gonna uh, carry this out all the way through Christmas, and uh, it's about holiday travelers because so many of the Christmas stories involve people moving around. Um, but today we're not going to look at a person who's moving around. We're going to look at an angel who came from heaven. To Earth, so he is a he is a frequent flyer, um, as we'll find out, um, and his name is Gabriel. But we're going to look at um, we're going to look at him not in the sense of of somebody who who um, who showed up for Zechariah back then. We're going to learn some things about that, but we're going to we're going to have an opportunity to really think of what it is that angels do and and what it would be like if they actually appeared to us. What what to do if um, they appear to us. Um, they, they are so familiar from the Christmas stories, it's hard to imagine a Christmas story without an angel in it because so, they, they, you know, singing glory to God in the highest and all the things that the angels do in the stories. But despite that, they're, they're not very, um, uh, they're not very familiar. They're, there's so, so little said about them. It's just uh, an assumption that we would know what an angel was if we saw one. Um, in, in the New Testament accounts, we routinely see them. They, they appear to be pretty, pretty frightening because People fall to their faces, you know, cover their eyes, and um, uh, usually the first thing an angel says is, "Don't be afraid." So, so they they seem to be pretty terrifying. But on the other hand, in the in the uh, letter to the Hebrews, the writer says that um, people should should uh, be gracious hosts, uh, invite people over for dinner because sometimes people have entertained angels without even being aware of it. They have. They have had dinner with angels and not been aware of it. So presumably they weren't afraid during dinner. So we don't really know what to expect from an angel. I think a lot of us have an image kind of like this picture with uh, uh, somebody with big bird wings on the back. But there there are in the, in the Hebrew scriptures, there's two types of angels that have wings. The, the cherubim and the seraphim, uh, they have wings. But all the rest of the angels described both in the Hebrew scriptures and in the New Testament, apparently uh, they, they seem to appear uh, like ordinary people, sometimes with with brighter clothing, clothing, and sometimes without. So it's not even it's not even clear what we should expect if an angel was to show up in our day to day. What would it be like if an angel showed up? Should we expect wings? Should we expect bright clothing? You know, what would an angel be like if they showed up? So, so, and then of course there's the question: What would they say? Would they say, you know, don't be afraid? Would they tell us something about our future? Would they would they uh, give us instructions? We have to go, you know make a journey or something like that what would the angel do for us so so we're going to look at this story um, as we kick off this this conversation about travelers as we read about um, an unearthly traveler so we're picking up the story uh, uh, right at the very beginning of Luke he's got a little preface there and then in verse 5 he begins the, the the story this way he says during the rule of King Herod of Judea there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was a descendant of Aaron. So they're priests. They're, uh, he's a priest, and she's from a priestly family. A priest wasn't a job you got. It was a job you inherited. There were, about at this time, about 20,000 priests, and he's one of them. So um, And she's, she's the daughter of one. So um, they are part of the religious establishment of Israel in the first century. Um, actually, this is probably a couple of years B.C., so maybe 
5 or 6 BC, King Herod um, was still ruling, he says. So, so he says, um, they were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of all the Lord's commandments and regulations. And we might say, well, of course they do, they're priests. But the reason Luke tells us that is he's going to tell us something else. He says, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to become pregnant and they were both very old. They wanted children and they couldn't have them. Everybody in that culture would have wanted children. It would have been a a, a colossal misfortune not to have children in that culture. Um, and, and it's so bad that Luke, Luke is at pains to make sure we realize they're blameless. This is not God's punishment. God is not judging them for something they did. They just don't have kids. And the reason it was important to have kids is because, because they didn't have machines. You know, all the things that, that you do around your house, um, you, you, it would be easier if you didn't have machines to have some, some help. So people wanted help around the house to do all the things, help on the farm, whatever it was they did. But also, they're going to get old someday, and in fact, these these two have, and there's no social security. There's very little in the way of a social safety net. Um, so, so basically, if you don't have children, when you quit being able to work, well, good luck to you. So, children are your social security. So, so this is a terrible misfortune, and um, and uh, it's not because of anything they did wrong. And we might imagine as a priest. Uh, Zechariah would probably have prayed. Probably anybody would have prayed for children, but certainly a priest would have. He would have said, you know, God, give me children. Give give Elizabeth children. And uh, we don't know how long or how often he did that, but uh, he's become very old, so maybe he's abandoned it now. But that's something that he had been praying, we can be sure, just because of the culture he was part of. So he's old. There's no prospect of kids. His wife is old. She, he's old. It's not going to happen. And then the story continues. Verse 8. One day Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. So again, there's about 20,000 priests. They couldn't all work in the temple. So most of them had jobs. They had a they farm or they did something else. They, they made a living not as a priest. Priest was something once in a while. Uh, there was 24 divisions and so they'd get their turn every 24 times. But even then... Uh, there were still too many because, you know, 20,000 priests. So what they would do is they would have a lottery. And once you won the lottery, then they'd take you off the list. So so his whole life long, he's, he's in his old age now, and he has never won that lottery. But we read in verse 9, following the customs of priestly service, he was finally chosen by lottery to go into the Lord's sanctuary and burn incense. So he finally gets to do the thing that a priest aspires to do. So he's there and um, he's about to to make the offering and all the people who gathered to worship they were praying outside during this hour of incense offering so so far so normal everything would have been normal and um and um we we might think uh, as he goes in here uh, what what sort of things are on his mind we don't know luke doesn't tell us anything but we we know of some disappointments in his life we know that that he didn't have um he didn't have any children. That, however often he prayed for that, he didn't get that. We know that that um, as a member of the religious establishment, he's he's thinking, you know, it's been 400 years since we had a prophet. How come? How come God just kind of leaves us in the dark? You know, we've got we've got the prophets, but it's been 400 years and things have changed. Do we need to know anything new, or is God just, you know, speaking of which, where is God? God promised a Messiah even even further back than that. God promised the Messiah, and yet these are the days, you know, when when King Herod is ruling. 
Who's King Herod? He's not the Messiah. He's not even a Jew. He's a puppet from the Roman government. So, so God has made a bunch of promises, uh, and God is not only not, not kept them so far, but God hasn't even told us what's going on. God hasn't given us any kind of prophet, prophetic message for 400 years. So, so, you know, we might imagine if your job was to minister before the God who has this, who can be described this way, we can imagine he might be walking in there going, why do I even bother? You know, why, you know, we do this thing twice a day. There's 20,000 of us. We all do our job. Where is God? How come we even do this job if God doesn't respond to us? So we might imagine he's someplace in that, in that kind of mental, mental, uh, space. And then we read, um, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and overcome with fear. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. He says, your prayers have been heard. Now, Zechariah just came in. He hasn't done the prayers, right? He's gone in to do the the incense offering, but he hasn't done the prayers yet. So he might be thinking, well, wait a minute, what prayer? I haven't even prayed yet. And at this point, Gabriel says all of them. He says this. He says, your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son, and you must name him John. So you're going to get a child. Your prayers, God heard your prayers when you were asking for a child all those years and you're going to get that child. So God heard that prayer. He says, He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many people will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine and liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. He says, You're going to get a child, and the nation is going to get a prophet. If you've been wondering, where is God? What's God got to say about the situation we're in? It's been 400 years. You're going to get a child, and the nation is going to get that prophet. You've been wondering, is God ever going to provide that? But he says even more. He says, he will go forth before the Lord, equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. The, the last prophet, Malachi, 400 years ago, he said there would be another prophet who would be Elijah, who would be the the the, the coming of Elijah why? Because he would, he would foretell the coming of the Messiah. So he says, you're getting a child, Israel's getting a prophet, and the world is getting a savior. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of, children, of thinking. He will make ready this prophet who is Elijah. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. get what you asked for. God heard your prayers. You're getting everything you dreamed of. And so Zechariah says, I'm getting everything I dreamed of. Yay! (laughs) No. He says, how can I be sure of this? Your whole plan depends on my wife having a child. And we're old. And the angel replied, well, maybe if an angel would appear to you and promise you these things, you might believe. Oh, guess what? One did. He says, he says, I am Gabriel. I'm the guy, right? Back in the book of Daniel. You know, you know who I am. I'm that angel. I'm that Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. Yes, I'm aware that you are old, but I'm also aware that God is going to give you a child 
and the other things. He says, I was sent to speak to you and bring this good news to you. So that's that's why I'm here. I'm here to give you this good news, and you can take it or leave it. He says, "It's uh, know this, what I've spoken will come true at the proper time. So it, it's going to happen. You don't have to believe it because you can just watch. And by the way, that's all you'll do. You won't be talking about it. He says, because you didn't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day these things happen. And if we read ahead in the, later in the chapter, that is what happens. Uh, the baby is born, John the Baptist. He, he will become John the Baptist. And uh, he has this ministry that the angel has has outlined. And, and Zechariah does eventually uh, talk, and he um, he has this song uh, that he, he sings later in the chapter. So, so um, everything takes place just as the angel said. And so... So if we're, if we're trying to answer the question, if we look at this and we say, what does this teach us about angels appearing? What, what, what should we do if an angel appears, right? We, we know step one is don't be afraid, but what, what next? You know, what does he say? He says, your prayers have been heard. Now, picture this. Close your eyes and just imagine for a second. You're at work, you're at home, you know, you're, you're doing whatever you normally do. And an angel appears and says, your prayers have been heard. If you're like me, probably what you would think is, I should have prayed more. <laughs> right? Because I kind of, you know, depending on the day, it was kind of like, you know, this is kind of, you know, I'm praying, but I'm not sure anybody's listening. And he says, your prayers have been heard. It's like, wow, if I'd known that, I would have prayed so much more. And that's what the angel says. He says, yeah, we've been listening. You know, God's been paying attention. That's why he sent me. He sent me because your prayers are going to be answered. God is going to fold your requests into the thing that God is doing. Your prayers have been heard. So the first the first lesson is really not something you do when the angel appears. It's something you do before the angel appears. It's it's pray more because because your prayers have been heard. Will have been heard. This is a good time to remind the pastor to silence his phone. Uh, all right. So, what, what is what is something else? Well, the other thing, maybe maybe we need to think about the word angel, um, because because there's that that you know we we see you know we imagine the wings we we can we can kind of picture that angel with bright clothes right, but but there's that passage in Hebrews, it says, sometimes we entertain angels without even knowing it. And I think what, what he's getting at there is an angel is a messenger from God. Like like uh, Madeline said earlier, somebody, when God wants to tell you something, God can send you an angel. So in the, in the scriptures, in the Hebrew scriptures, in the New Testament, the word angel means messenger. And if we think about that, you know, if, if the church is spirit-filled, a spirit-filled community, then you are surrounded by angels because the spirit can speak to you through them. The church is a community of angels. And what do angels do? They bring good news. He says, he says, I was sent to bring good news to you. What kind of good news? Well, the good news is that God listens to prayers. 
the good news that God acts in the world and includes those prayers in what he's doing. The good news that he sent a Savior. This is what Jesus called the church to do, to to be bearers of the good news, to tell people that he has in fact come, that God has heard our prayers and God has provided a Savior. This is this is the work that Christians are called to by Christ, to be messengers of the good news, just like Gabriel, to be angels. Let's pray. Gracious God, um, I have never seen anything that I would describe as an angel, but maybe I have. Lord, help us to remember the people in our lives who have helped us on our path toward Christianity, who have reminded us that our prayers are heard when we when we were doubting, given us the faith to believe. Lord, help us in turn to be angels to others, to be messengers, bringing the, the word of God through the Spirit as we tell people the good news about Jesus. We ask this in his holy name. Amen.